0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I want to talk to you today. We're going to begin a new series of talks about a prophetic word of coming back. And I want to reach out of Ezekiel chapter 37. And I I got, I'm staring down the line here about 20 pages of notes. We'll get as far as we can, but it's a new series. It's going to be some. It's going to bless you. Ezekiel 37 verse 1 through 12. Here's how the Bible reads. The word of the Lord reads like this. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. it was full of bones. I just want to bring your attention that God's hand was still on him in the valley. Anybody still know that God hands on your light even through difficult times, okay? His hand was on him. Verse 2, he says, he led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Altogether when I want you to say this, when I want you to say dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He says, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will breathe. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and you will cover and it will cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I am that, he says that, know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound at Freedom House Church. And bones came together bone to bone, worshipper upon worshipper, prayer warrior upon prayer warrior. Come on somebody. He says, and I looked and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then I said to me, prophesy the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this what the sovereign Lord says, come breath for the four winds and breathe into that the slain may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast exceeding army in Orange County, LA, in America, the army of the Lord was not dead, but is alive. Talk to me. He says, then he said to me, son of man, these are the bones of the people of Israel. The people say, our bones are dried up like a saladito and our hope is... gone. Y'all know that... Our hope is gone and we're cut off. But verse 12, the Lord says, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up out of them. And I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Come on, somebody shout because you're come back is in this room, in Jesus' name. I want to talk to you today. The title of my message is Turning Setbacks to Comebacks. Don't call it a comeback. Or maybe call it a comeback. I want to talk to you today about how God's going to bring us back together to do what He called us to do. Bow your head let's pray one more time. Father, I thank You this morning. We bow our heads not in shame, guilt, and condemnation, but we bow our heads in reverence that You, God, sit upon the throne of the earth. Heaven is your your throne and the earth is your footstool. Everything is below the name of Jesus. God, you are above everything, so we put our trust in you. This morning, speak to us, encourage us. Lord, challenge us, breathe life into us from your holy word. Allow me the grace to serve your wonderful people as we talk about making dry bones live. Bless us in Jesus' name we pray, everybody say amen. Give God one more clap. You may be seated. And tell the person next to you, say, don't call it a comeback. Say that, don't call Actually, no, tell them, call it a comeback. Say that, call it a comeback. Call it a comeback. That's right. You know Sunday's going to be a good service because last night my Lakers won. They're on the way to the finals. Come on, somebody. Sorry. <laughs> I, text, I text a few of the guys. I was like, it's going to be a good Sunday. <laughs> Come on. We, it's winning season. Come on, somebody. I want to talk to you today about the comeback. New series, The Comeback. The Comeback. And we're going to look at specifically the story of Ezekiel when he's prophesying, when God tells him, to speak to the dry places. And we're going to be in this story for a couple of weeks. And, and uh, for those that are new to Freedom House, our teaching style is sometimes we'll take a book of the Bible, go verse by verse, or we'll take a topical story and we'll look at that from different vantage points and let God speak to us from his word. And we're going to be on this series, The Comeback, looking at the book of Ezekiel. So go ahead and read it, continue to read it, saturate it, because we're about to get into it. But I want to start with this question. How many here need God to do something supernatural in your life. I'm gonna raise my hand. Anybody need God to do something supernatural in life? I see a foot go up in the back. God bless you. All right, amen, everybody. You're like, come on, Lord, just all over my life, amen. All of us do. Here's the reality. We all need God to do something supernatural in our lives in this season. There's something that we say, God, we need your super to touch our natural. Because there's a lot going on in our world. A lot, a lot, A lot of stuff happening. Because the reality is the God we serve operates in a order that is above the way earth operates. Okay? Amen. And there are two ways we can respond to the God that we serve, or we can respond to the life that we're called to live here on earth. There are two ways. You can write these down if you'd like to. If not, just just deposit them into your mental bank. But the two ways you can live, number one, is you can rely on the natural. You can live your whole life totally dependent on your natural ability. And everybody has a level of natural ability. Some of you are very, very talented. In this room, you're very talented. And you can live your whole life relying on that. Your intellect, your charisma, your strength, your ability to argue. Your ability. Some of you should have been lawyers anyway. You know what I mean? Just flip it. How come I'm apologizing to you? Wait a minute. Anyway, just kidding. But you know, some of y'all, you, you know, you can rely on your own strength. You can rely on your own intellect. And you can live your whole life... On that. And I'm not saying that, that in essence is bad, that's God given. God has given you a natural ability. But most people live to that level. The second way you can live is you can live thanking God for your natural, but then you can also live relying on the supernatural. That's where you say, God, I thank you for my natural ability, but I recognize that my natural ability has a limit. And I want to trust in your supernatural ability that supersedes my natural ability or my natural strength. The supernatural is where you begin to introduce things into your life called worship, called prayer. You begin to introduce things into your life where you say, God, I need your word because my word is not working. God, I I need your presence because I'm feeling a funky presence. Come on. You know, I I need your peace because I don't have peace. It's, it is the supernatural. We say, God, I'm going to rely now on your supernatural to supersede my natural. Because here's what every single one of us have. Write this down next to natural. Is your natural ability has a limit. Everyone's natural ability has a limit. And you will hit that limit sooner or later. Sooner or later, you will find out the limit to your natural ability. you go, man, I hit a lid. I hit a limit. And I feel in a lot of ways, the world we're living in right now has hit its limit of natural ability to bring things to order. And the truth is, you'll know when you hit your limit because you'll say things like this. I don't know how much more I could take. You'll know you hit your limit because you're like, if you say one more time. <laughs> say it again. I'll me- if you it won- <laughs> You'll know when you hit your limit because that limit will set off an inner alarm of frustration. Stay with me here. I'm going somewhere, okay? It will set off an inner alarm of like, I'm out of options. And if, if I'm re- just, we're, we're talking this morning, we're, gonna get, we're in God's word and we're, we're going to preach. We're going to pray here in a second. We're going to do all, you know, God's going to minister us. But in a lot of ways, America has hit its limit. That's why you're seeing the frustration. That's why you're seeing the angst. That's why you're seeing, because it's a limit. And and, and it's hit its lid. And when we hit those moments, there are two choices. Either we're going to continue to try to fix things in the natural. Or you can begin to say, God... I've hit my limit in my marriage. I've hit my limit with this This child. My, Lord, I hit my limit with the way I'm trying to figure out this business. I've hit my limit with trying to plan my future. I hit my limit in my marriage. God, instead, I'm no longer going to try to rely on my natural ability. But in this season, I'm going to rely on the supernatural ability, power of God to take me where I need to go. Can I get an Amen. It's the two choices we got right now. And I want to speak to that this morning. Because if we keep going to the bend of trying to fix things in the natural way, it's only going to produce natural things. In fact, the scripture tells us that the way God moves is when we recognize and we bring our limits to him. Here's Here's how Paul writes it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. Watch what the Bible says, New Living Translation. He says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. Watch this. He says, My power works best in weakness. Let's all say that together. My power works best in weakness. Say it again. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. God says he does his best work when you find your limit and the place that you're weak. So if you're feeling weak this morning, if you're feeling weak to your knees and you... Some of y'all know that. Y'all too young, y'all too young, y'all too young. Y'all don't even know. What is that? Don't worry about it. Just say focus. Pray for pastor. Okay, some of y'all feel weak. I got good news for you. Your weakness qualifies you for the strength of God. If you bring... Bring your weakness to God. God says your weakness is where I do my best work. But what happens is oftentimes, instead of taking our weakness to God, we take our weakness to our addictions. We take our weakness, our frustrations, to our habits. We take our weakness to the places we know we shouldn't be going. We take our weakness to the DMs. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right? I don't know who that's for. Somebody just... Erase the DM right now, just that was the Lord, all right. (laughs) Okay. We take our weakness to the wrong place when we need to take our weakness to God. Someone say, I need a super on my natural. Now, why did I say all that? Because in the verses that we just read, we're gonna encounter where God speaks to Ezekiel and he's gonna tell him to do something that doesn't seem very like normal in the natural, but he's going to tell him to do something that's going to add the super to his natural to bring about the desired outcome that God always wanted for his people. Let me give you the context, the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel is a prophetic book. It is a book where God begins to speak to our future. And I just want to throw this out there. One of the greatest uh, insights you can have about the God that we serve is God is more, far more concerned about where you're going than where you've been. So often we come to God with where we've been and God's like, I'm trying to tell you where you're going. So often we want God to deal with our past when God's trying to deal with our future. God's like, I already dealt with your past on Calvary. I shed my blood. I, I, I washed your sins. I removed your guilt, shame, and condemnation. Now why don't you let me work on your life so we can move into the future? Can I get an amen? Okay. So, so God, the prophetic book of Ezekiel is God speaking to the desired future that he wants for his people. And so, one of the greatest things you can add to your life, super to your natural, is the prophetic promises of God that don't make sense in your present, but it's you trying to speak to the desired future. And so, so we read in Ezekiel that God tells, I'm sorry, that God tells the prophet Ezekiel in the book of Ezekiel um, the condition of his people, but then he tells him his desired future. Now, here's the backdrop of Ezekiel. God's people had been, you know, conquered by their enemy. They were in despair. The temple had been torn down. In other words, the church wasn't able to meet. <laughs> so connect that later on the way home. It wasn't able to meet. They they were in despair. They didn't they didn't you know they were you know felt captive. They didn't have you know the 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 victory so to speak in the natural. And the Bible actually reveals to us what they were saying because God tells Ezekiel in verse 11, watch, go to your notes. Ezekiel 37 and verse 11 tells us what they were communicating. They were saying, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. God's like, they lost their hope. They lost, the, they lost their, 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 their desire to see me move. And so God's like, he takes Ezekiel in a vision. Some will say it's a, it's a vision. So this isn't a physical valley of dry bones. This is a vision that God takes Ezekiel. And he gives them a prophetic picture, stay with me here, of what's happening in their, in their in, internal condition. And he says, the people feel like a valley of dried up bones. They feel like there is no future. Like how can things ever be put back together? He says, I hear it, and they feel it all the way to their bones. And he says, and their bones are dry. God didn't say that, I said that, but you know, dry for emphasis, okay? He says, they're dried up. And they're losing hope. So God takes Ezekiel through this picture. And I want to take us through it. We're going to go through this in the coming weeks. But I'm going to pour it as much as I can today. But here's what he does in verse 1. The first thing God does to Ezekiel when he takes him to the valley, he does this in verse 1. This is what he says. He says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, sent me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of dry bones. Write this down. Here's your first point for this morning's talk message is this. God's hand is still on you in the valley. Because Ezekiel said, the hand of the Lord took me through this valley. And I just want to declare, and I may get a little preacher here, but I got to preach someone into victory. Is you need to know that the hand of God is still on your life. That the hand of the devil is not stronger than the hand of God. I know what might be in front of you, but you got to get a revelation of who is for you. I know what you might be going through, but you got to get a revelation of who you're going through with it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me, Psalm 23 and verse 4. So a believer knows that when I go through valleys, I don't go through it like other people because I go through it with God's hand on my life. anybody know they got God's hand on their life come on shout amen tell someone say I got God's hand on my life in fact I don't know about you no, I'm just kidding don't say that all right but I got God's hand on my life so the first thing God reveals to Ezekiel says listen you're not going through this by the strength of your hand I'm carrying you by the strength of my hand so so here's here's the thing is you want in this season you want to stay in the hand of God Okay, the Bible says nothing can pluck you out of God's hand. Did you know that's what it says? Nothing can pluck you out of God's hand. But you know what you can do? Is you can walk off of God's hand. Okay. So God's like, the devil can't pluck you out. But if you want to be like, I'm out of here. And that's when the fight starts. Come on, somebody. So God's hand is on your life. Now, God reveals that. Now, the next thing God is going to show, stay with me here, is God's then going to tell Eli, Ezekiel, I'm sorry, the condition or the details of the bones. Watch verse uh, number two. He then says, this. He says, uh, he says gives this. he says, he led me back and forth among them. So he's walking through these dry bones in this vision. And he says, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. The bones that were very, very dry. Drier than a salarito, like I said it, Okay. Point two, write this down. I'll break down this point in a second, but just write this. Here's your second point. The details are in the bones. The details are in the bones. So God tells Ezekiel, he says, these bones were not just any bone, but these bones were dry bones. They were dry. And he's like, all the details are there. Now, did you know, did a little research for the message, that a lot can be um, said about you through your bones. So, you know, anthropologists, they, they study bones and, and a lot can be said by your bones. Like if they ever were to find one of your bones, they can tell um, by the bone, um, you know, how old you were by your bone, you know. Um, they can also tell by the bone, if they were to find your, your bone structure, they could tell if you were male or female, you know, if you had a womb, you know, your, 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 your bone structure, females, their womb is a little bigger, males a little bit thinner, because obviously we're not carrying no babies, uh, you know, and so they could tell what gender you were by your bones. They can also tell by your bones how tall you were, you know, okay, this is by the by the, the bone structure. Um, they can even tell by your bones um, how dense you were, like, like, you know, how much there was to, to love. There's a little more love about Pastor Josiah seven months later than, anyway, pray for me. I needed a physical dish for my fridge, but it was just there. And I was wearing a mask at home. Pastor, why are you wearing a mask? I don't want to eat no more. And I'm like, come on, somebody. I'm like, just, just don't let it go on my mouth. Anyway, uh, uh, they could, bones, the bones could tell. So just, Okay, amen, stay focused, right? So the bones, so the bones can tell a lot. And so God goes into detail about these bones because he wanted to express, stay with me, the condition of God's people. Remember, this is a metaphor, this is a vision. And God was like, these bones are very dry. Now, the amazing thing about these particular bones is, is, and I don't don't mean mean to sound morbid here, but but there's a difference between a, a dead body and bones. When God was saying they're already dead bones, he's like, they were actually once living bodies, but... They have decomposed over time so long that now it's just dry. They were once an army. They were once on fire for God. They were once jumping, praying. They were once reading their word. They were once having a devotional life. They were once serving, giving, loving, witnessing. But then something happened and now they got dry. Real dry. And God's like, they've lost despair. And because of the outward condition, their inward condition is now dry, dry. And now instead of being alive, now they got dry prayers and dry worship. Got a little dry in their walk with God. You ever met anybody? You ever met a dry Christian? Don't point. You ever met a dry believer? You know? They're not mean, they're just dry. It's like, hey, how you doing? Good. <laughs> What's God doing in your life? A lot, you know, just a lot, you know, just praise God. Yeah. <laughs> it's dry, it's dry. It's just, just dry. It, it like, there's no, there's like no future. It's just dry and I don't see anything happening, you know, it's all messed up. just dry, just dry. And what we're going to see here, God wants to deal with the dry bones Because Jesus did not die for no dry church. I I feel it now. Here I go. I I got to preach. I got to preach, honey. I got to go for it. Jesus didn't raise again for no dry praise or dry believers. But God wants to drench you in the washing of his word so that you can be saturated that wherever you go, we are not dry believers, but we're believers. Come on, somebody who are alive. We're not the frozen chosen, but we are alive and well and no devil, no COVID, no trouble. Trial. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. I am alive. Someone shout amen. I tell you never say, don't be dry. I was like, okay. But you don't be dry. But this is what can happen is we can start to become dry. Come on online, type in, don't be a dry Christian. Come on somebody. Don't be a dry, don't be dry. Because what we're going to see is God's going to begin to use Ezekiel to reverse what the enemy had done. What the devil had broken down, God's gonna to begin to restore and raise up a mighty army. I'm already prophesying now. God's gonna to begin to raise up and, and whatever the devil might have stole, I'm gonna prophesy and declare that in these next seven months, come on somebody, we're gonna see God move to even greater levels. I, you say, man, pastor, you're talking crazy. No, I'm not. Because God is gonna show e- Ezekiel to to resurrect and to go the other way. Because so often, so many people, their faith dries up, their hope drives up, their hope dries up, their worship drives up. And God's like, I want them to come alive. So here's what God does. He goes to Ezekiel and he says, yo, Ezekiel, check out these dry, see this valley of dry bones? He then says in verse three, he says, can these bones live? He hits him with a question. He says, yo, Ezek, yo, Zeke. That's, like, that's, right, that's what you call your son, yo, Zeke. He didn't say that, but that's the JIV, Josiah International Version. He says, Yes, Ezekiel. He said, Can these dry bones live? Let me put it like this Hey, Freedom House. Can these dry bones live? Okay. okay, I know you're saying amen right now, but what do you say when you're at home? Woo! I felt the burn, Pastor, pa- Pastor Lou. I felt it, I felt it. Dry bones can live. We go home. I don't know about this marriage. I don't know about this child. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about this situation. I don't know about the country. I don't know about the state of the church. I don't know if church will ever come back to the way it was. I don't know. Can these bones live again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever go back to the way I was on fire for God in January. Because a lot has changed. A lot has happened in the world. I don't know. Can these dry bones live again? can they live again? Can they live again, Ezekiel? And he hits him with that. But Ezekiel's a smart Christian. He's been churchified. He knows Christianese. Y'all don't know those jokes. Okay. And here's uh, what he says to God. He says, sovereign Lord, only you know. So he's like, I didn't say yes or no. I said, only you know, right? This is what we do, don't we? When God's like, "Can I turn this around?" We're like, "God, only you know. Only you know if there's hope here. Only you know." And we think that's like, like, like you know, I'm very spirit. God, only you know what your will is. God's like, I didn't ask you if I knew. If I knew, God's like, I'm trying to ask you, do you know? Okay, let me let you on a secret. Whenever God asks you a question, He's omniscient. He's not looking for information. So God's not like, hey, tell me, can they? Because I haven't figured this out. I asked Michael, I asked Gabriel the archangel, I searched the archives, and you know what? I couldn't find an answer. Can, I, can, I, can these dry bones live? Okay, he's not looking for an answer. Whenever God asks you a question, he's not looking for you to educate him. God asks you a question because he wants to see, are you going to answer in the natural? Are you going to answer in the natural? Or are you going to answer in the... Can these bones live? Yeah. Only you know, Lord. <laughs> Only you know. I mean, I don't want to say yes. I want to say no, because you know, I mean, can these bones live? So then God flips it even more. And he's, I mean, He's just drilling Ezekiel. I, I kind of feel like that sometimes. Come on, somebody. I feel like God just kind of, you know, He has to hit you like this. Some of you got a real hard head, so it's even, okay, anyway. All right. <laughs> no. But He says, Ezekiel, watch verse 4. We're walking through this, all the details in the bones, right? In verse four, he then says this. He says, then he said to me, he says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So it went, God was like, I, I want you to speak to it. Because God, deal with them. Get them, Lord. Send down, you know, the hound of heaven, the holy, Ghost. track them down. And, and God's like, I want you to prophesy. I want you to open up your mouth and begin, to, and begin to speak the word of the Lord to them. I want you to begin to prophesy. Now, I don't want to take uh, for, for, for granted that we all know what prophecy means, but here's what prophecy is in definition. Prophecy in definition is the telling of future events, the telling of future events. But biblical prophecy is to tell your future events to line up with God's word. So, so what, what God tells Ezekiel, listen, this is how we deal with dry places. This is how we deal with dry bones in our life. He says, Ezekiel, prophesy to them that their future has to line up to God's word. In other words, start to put your face more in my book than Facebook. In other words, start to read the biblical stories more than the Instagram stories. I'll keep preaching till you get it. God's like, start getting more into my text than the text of your ex. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going till you get it. I'm gonna keep going till you get it until I get some more amens. God's like, I want you to get to the throne, not so much the phone. I'll keep going till you get it. Oh. Tell someone he's talking to. I don't know. Okay, amen. So God's like, prophesy the word of the Lord. He says, bring, tell your future to line up with God's word than anything else. And I I believe that in this season right now more than ever, we need to get God's Word back into our mouth and to begin to declare the promises of God in the brokenness of this world. And I'm not going to lose God's authority just because I see the devil messing with some places. I'm going to prophesy to the dry bones that dry bones, you shall live. And I'm not going to have a fortune cookie saying, I'm going to have the inspired, infallible, infallible, indestructible, inexhaustible word of God that has the authority to create that my God shall supply all my needs that God can get the glory that if God is for me, who cares who's against me? Anybody got God's word in your mouth? Shout amen. Someone say, I got a word. And I'm gonna prophesy it. And we need to speak that word. He says, Ezekiel, yo, Zeke, prophesy the word. Speak the word over them. So Ezekiel then says in verse 5, he says, he says this was what the Lord says. tell I will make breath into you and you will come to life. And then verse 6, he then says this. He says that there was, he said, I will attach tendons and make flesh come in and all this in the Lord. And go to the next verse if you can. I like this part right here. He says, and so I prophesied, I commanded, And so I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones started coming together. The word of God started bringing it together. God's word started, bah, God's word started. This is a vision. He saw like a, a femur go like, and then a tibia, and then a foot, then a shoulder, then the rib cage. And he started seeing the word start to bring every piece together. And he was telling him, if you want to see things put back together, then if you don't have the word, you're always going to feel disfragmented. But if you get the word, you're going to feel put back together. And I'm telling you, you got to get a word in your own mouth. I'm so happy that you come to listen to me preach the word, but you got to get a word in your own mouth. Yeah. Preach the word and declare it. So say this, say the word brought him together. But it wasn't enough that they were put together, because the word has the power to create and to put them together. Because then God does this. He says, verse number eight. He then takes them here. Watch this. Okay, this gonna help. Okay, all, all that to get here. He's like, man, I took the long road. I know, but I t- couldn't start here. Be like, what are you talking about? So I had to take all that to get here. He says, then I looked. The tendons and the flesh came on. The skin covered them. But then he says, Ezekiel noticed the problem. He says they're put together. But then, this last sentence, what does it say here? But there was no what? There was no what? He's like, they were put together people. They were well put together. They knew the word. They knew church. They looked churchified. They knew when to say amen, God bless you. They knew, for God so loved the world. He says, but I saw a dilemma. They were put together, but they had no breath. There was no life. This word breath in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word ruach Hakadesh. It is the same Hebrew word when God breathed the breath of life into Adam when he was just a sandman. He was... Alive, but he wasn't living. He was hearing, but he wasn't listening. He was in church hearing the word, but there was no life in him. There's no breath in him. So God says, "This next verse, oh, I, I, it's gonna, it's gonna touch somebody. Someone's gonna get this." Then He instructed me, and He said, "Prophesy, the breath." And prophesy, son of man, and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says come, breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. Here it goes. Write this down. The word will put you together, but the breath will bring you to life. Thank you for the word it brings my family together. But if I don't got the breath, the Ruach Yahadesh, if I don't have a move of the Holy Spirit, then I will never have the life to come inside of me. And what I'm trying to say is this generation needs an encounter with God. We're gonna preach the word, but my God, you need the breath of God into your spirit. Give me the Ruach Yahadesh. Give me the Ruach Yahadesh. Prophesy it into my home. Prophesy it into my family. Prophesy it into your children. Prophesy it into your house. Prophesy it into your mind. Give me the word and give me the Ruach, Yahadesh, Breathe, 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 because I got dry bones. Somebody shout, dry bones, live. Say it again, dry bones. Bones live? Can revival come to America? Can revival come to Orange County? Can revival come online? Can revival come to your family? Can revival come to your marriage? Can God change your children? Can God bring about the greatest harvest we have ever seen? Then we got to call out us, Yahadesh. Prophesy. Drive Bones. You Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.